He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here. The number one show at 5 o'clock. We are here to tell you the truth and, and tell you what the heck is going on in the studio with us. We have a common sense Democrat, Judge, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, a common sense Republican, Craig Eaton. And on the other line with us, uh, we have uh, my sidekick, Lydia Serrani. How are you feeling today, Lydia? I'm I'm doing better. I'm socially distancing, keeping keeping everybody safe while I'm a little. Uh, can under we the catch water. anything through the microphone? <laughs> no, I don't. Remind think me so. to ask Dr. Michalos. Is is it catchable <laughs> through the microphone? I would say no, John. I would <laughs> say right, that that's got, not a possibility. All right, but yeah, but, but uh, the CDC said maybe. <laughs> yeah, don't don't ask Dr. Fauci. God only knows what they'll say next time. But Lydia, it's God good to technology. hear your voice back. Yeah, it's it's back. It's not a hundred percent, but you know what? Nothing's going to keep me down well, from Dr. being on Cats at Night, the greatest show at five o'clock. It. He's going to talk about it at five fifty tonight. Doctor Michalo says there's something going around, a lot of stuff going on, but it's not going to kill you, and we, everybody has to just be careful. That's it. And we've got a great show tonight. We have uh, Mario Economo. He's going to be talking about international news. We'll be talking to Peter Navarro, who's got some breaking news. So you definitely want to stay tuned in for that one. And Peter Kay- Solomon, too. As, uh, P- no, John, John Solomon. Solomon. He, John Solomon. John Solomon's also got some breaking news. <laughs> Kayla LaFelice, she is calling in from Canada. There's some breaking news going on there, a ban on guns, lifting restrictions on doing drugs. It's going crazy town. But first, and then, of course, Dr. Peter Mikolos at, uh, towards the end of the hour. But first on the line, we have Professor Alan Zershowitz, a Brooklyn boy at heart, but just a couple of decades at Harvard Law, constitutional expert. Uh, Professor Dershowitz, that was a stunning verdict in the Durham trial. Tell us, tell us the latest. What do you know? Was this expected? It was expected, I think. When you try to politicize uh, the criminal justice system and indict people just for lying to the FBI, juries aren't particularly sympathetic to that. If somebody takes an oath, puts their hand on the Bible and swears and tells a lie, then juries convict. But you're schmoozing with the FBI, and the FBI is asking you questions, and the FBI may be lying to you, and you respond, and you don't tell the truth to the FBI. That's not the strongest case, and I would hope that Durham would wait to find stronger cases, conspiracy, obstruction of justice, bribery, money laundering. Those kinds of cases get convictions. These kinds of cases very often result in acquittals. To me, the hardest question is this. Would this jury have convicted if this had been a Republican operative rather than a Democrat? One hundred percent. He would have been in solitary confinement already. <laughs> Devil's you know, Island. Have, Devil's Island, you Alan. To, you know, uh, prof- you Professor. Have the, justice. Yeah. There are so many cases that I've seen over the years, political cases. In 2013, they indicted and convicted some Republican chairman here in the city of New York based on a case that was clearly entrapment. And, and, yeah. and, and they, they got convictions on that. And now you yeah. have a case where Sussman lies to the FBI and they acquit him. It just doesn't make any sense. How many cases I've seen where lying to the FBI was one of the seminal charges that they well, indicted well, and convicted if, people if, on? What happens if the FBI lies to themselves? 
Well, <laughs> <laughs> look, the FBI has a tactic of lying. They will tell suspects that their co-defendants have spilled the beans on them, and if they want to get a better deal, they have to testify as well. Or they'll say the evidence is stronger than it was. Or they'll say they have a wiretap when they don't. And the Supreme Court has said that's okay. The FBI, police, they can lie to you, but you can't lie back to them. I mean, you know, in some states, it's a, it's a, lie, it's a crime to lie to a policeman. If you're speeding and the policeman says to you, why are you speeding? And you say, oh, I'm going home for dinner to my wife, and you're really going to your mistress. Under, you know, state law, that could be a crime. That shouldn't be a crime, either for Republicans or Democrats. That's between you and your God if you lie to the police. But if you lie under oath, that should be a crime. And what we shouldn't see for either side is the weaponization of the criminal justice system for partisan purposes. And when you have a crime as vague as lying to the police, you're going to get different verdicts, depending on whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. I just hope that Durham continues his investigation and finds real crimes, bribery and and, uh, money laundering and conspiracy and obstruction of justice, then I think juries will convict if it's in the right place. You know, if you get... How about if a jury is in Washington, D.C.? And the jury's in Washington, D.C., and you only have Democrats in the jury, and the person under uh, indictment is a Democrat. Is there any way way that person (laughs) can be guilty? Alan, it's it's Richard Weinberg. I have have to tell you something. It's kind of like the O.J. case. It all comes back down to the venue. It all comes back to, yeah. to the jury pool. And it certainly wasn't helpful uh, that this judge limited the evidence that was allowed in. So I'm not so, that. I'm sorry? But, you know, the jury, I agree with that. The jury pool, by the way, in OJ was picked by the DA. The <laughs> DA could have had the case in a rural uh, area, but he wanted it in downtown L.A. where he'd get good media coverage and he thought he'd get a conviction. And then the prosecutor in the case, Marsha Clark, she wanted women on the jury, and she didn't care if they were black women or white women. And we did jury assessments and found out that black women would be much more favorable to O.J. And so, you know, we just were cleverer than they are. And, uh, you know, is that justice? That's up to your people to judge. But that's what lawyers uh, do. And the venue is crucially important. That's why the first motion defense attorneys often make is for a change of venue and to move the case out of areas where they don't think they can get a fair trial. Prosecutors do that also, but prosecutors can pick the venue so they don't have to make the motion usually. The the American people have to have confidence in the justice system. Enough is enough. Yeah, but John, look at the jury pool. Professor, this is Craig Eaton, who's an attorney here in New York. It said the jury included one federal government employee who told the judge they donated to Democrats in 2016 and another government employee who told the judge they strongly dislike former President Trump. These were two jurors, but they told the judge that they could be impartial throughout the trial. (laughs) And a juror also backed AOC. And uh, Professor Dershowitz, can you also talk about the fact that the jury only deliberated for six hours? What does that tell you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that they had made up their mind and that the evidence really was... They, they wanted to go home for dinner. The O.J. Simpson jury was out for a very short period of time, too. And, uh, you know, the jury system in our country is the worst system possible except for all the others that have been tried. That is, the jury system is terrible. It's all full of prejudice. It's full of amateurism. What's better? Judges who are picked by politicians, what's better? 
judges who are worried about being promoted and getting a better uh, appellate court judge. So, you know, Alan, you have a problem with the trial? Trial by ordeal? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the Bible, they would just uh, throw the person in the water, and if they sank to the bottom, uh, they were uh, innocent. But if they floated to the top, they were guilty. Look, uh, trial, trial by jury is 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 the way we have done it now for years. We're virtually the only country that still has it. In Great Britain, the 12 jurors are really 12 chairs that are moved around by the prosecution. The judge at the end of the case tells the jury how to decide, essentially. The United States, we have a real jury system, and it cuts both ways. You get verdicts that are terribly unjust. If we take a look, you know, take a look at the Harvey Weinstein case. Now, you know, I had some involvement in that, so I may not be unbiased, but you have a juror in that case who— Uh, was writing a book that she wanted to make into a bestseller about an older man who was predatory toward uh, toward younger women. And and then you have the Maxwell case. We have a juror who lied and said that he had never been abused. And then he goes into the jury room and he says, not only was I abused, but you should always believe abuse uh, victims because they tell the truth. We have to be more selective. We have to make sure that juries don't contain people that have a predisposition or a bias. And it's not enough for a judge to say, oh, yeah, they, 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 can, they can hold those views in abeyance and they'll give a fair trial. That doesn't work. Alan, I have a, another issue for you, please. Sure, please. So based on your experience in the Supreme Court, what do you think about the fact that the internal investigation is now demanding that the clerks turn over their, their phone records as well as put in affidavits. What do you think about that? I think it's good. I think it needs even more. I would prefer to see the investigation being conducted by the FBI. Um, and let them search the records through the Verizon or through AT&T yeah, or whoever. Yeah, that's easy. And let them, yeah. depose, let them depose these interns and find out exactly what and when and where. And if they lie under oath, hang them. Yeah. Okay, well, I, Unless it's in Washington, no, D.C., no. then they'll acquit. I, I, I'm against the hang. I'm against the, 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 the hang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't hire him. I would not hire a law clerk who deliberately leaked. If it was a law clerk, it could have been a messenger. It could have been somebody in the print shop. Theoretically, it could have been a justice. Unlikely. We know that some justices over the years have been sources for books about the Supreme Court. And uh, and have never admitted it. So, you know, everybody's a suspect. The only thing we know for sure is it should not have happened. Exactly right. And There's 75 people, according to the latest reports, 75 people had access to this draft opinion. Yeah, and that's not surprising. Look, when I was a law clerk, we had some really, really important cases. And we were told not to discuss them with our wives, our children, our parents. And we didn't. We really took our oath seriously. And, you know, everybody wants to know what's going on in the Supreme Court. And we tell them, wait for the opinions to come down. You've got to do that. That's part of your job. And that's the job of every lawyer. You know, I know so many deep, dark secrets. If I could write a book about all the things I know that I can't tell, it would be an immediate bestseller. But I can't tell. I have to go to my grave. I don't discuss these things with my wife and my children any more than doctors discuss their patients. You've that's, got that's, to have Professor problems. Dershowitz, that's there's some uh, breaking news. There's some breaking news out of Texas. The Supreme yeah. Court blocks Texas's social media censorship law by an unusual five to four vote. Again, that breaking news, Supreme Court blocks Texas's social media censorship law by a five to four vote. Wow. It, 
What do you wow. make of that? It, well, I, I don't know what the law is, but I can tell you anything that blocks censorship laws is something I'm in favor of. Now, you know, the ACLU, as you know, is, is given up on civil liberties. There's now one head of the ACLU who's in charge of kind of transgender rights, which has come out, who has come out, this is the ACLU who's come out in favor of banning a book on transgenders, come out in favor of banning a book, the American Civil Liberties Union. So any of you out there who have ever contributed a nickel to the ACLU, I was on the national board. I was on the local board. I used to contribute every year. I'm not giving them another penny. Contribute to an organization called FIRE, F-I-R-E, which defends speech on college campuses, but no more ACLU. I don't know what side the ACLU is on this one, but the ACLU, which used to defend the rights of Nazis uh, in Skokie and other things, now has become a political left-wing partisan organization that cannot be counted on to defend so that law, unpopular causes. That yeah. law would have allowed social media users to sue major platforms like Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter if they think they've been banned or their posts taken down because of their political views. And, so, I, and it's, well, it's Professor, why don't you read that, read it and find out what happens, and maybe we'll talk about it yeah, another day. That would that would be great because it's very important to prevent the social media from becoming the censors of America. I wrote a new book called "The Case Against yes. um, Media Censorship," and 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 how do you prevent it without infringing on their First Amendment rights? It's the most interesting, difficult free speech issue of this century. And the courts eventually have to resolve it. This is Texas's opinion is not going to be the last word on that. Professor Dershowitz, uh, thank you for calling in today, and we're going to have oh, you on again. Uh, read, read, find out. I'll read the that's opinion. an interesting. I'll that's an interesting, it. and and call us if you're re- ready to talk about it. Uh, I will do that. Thank you so much. Thank have a you. great day, everyone. Okay.